This is We're Gonna Beat. It is Tuesday, November 17, 2020. Just 45 more days, kids, until the end of this awful year. I'm Kevin Cooney along with Mike Kern. Glad you could join us. Jam-packed show here on a Tuesday as we get set for another Eagles breakdown as the whole season is breaking down in front of our very eyes, it seems like, is after that fiasco in East Rutherford where the head coach was just invisible, just invisible. No game plan, no energy, no adjustments, nothing. And now this is the tough part of the schedule. You get five in a row, starting with the Browns. And are the Browns really a seven and three team? Probably not. Or a six and three team, whatever it is. But I'll be, this team is awful right now. There's not one redeeming factor in watching the Philadelphia Eagles at this point. Not one. And yet here we are. And so we will talk about it this week. Les Bowen from the Inquirer will join us to break down what has been a huge breakdown. Imagine they had two weeks to prepare for that game. Two. Good Lord. So when Mr. Kern joins us on that segment, and uh, then Mike and I will talk about the latest news in other areas, Theo Epstein resigns today from the Cubs, and everybody's heart goes aflutter. Ooh, maybe the Phillies, maybe the Phillies. Eh, don't think it's going to work out. Theo wants to take a year off, and the Phillies can't really sit back. And even if they did, boy, can you imagine sitting back for a year on Theo Epstein and then watching him go somewhere else? Whew, that'd be a rough beat. Uh, and also, Jason Stark and uh, Kim Rosenthal wrote something on the athletic site today. Um, talk about the Mets and the Phillies jobs, and we'll get into that a little bit at that point. Um, so we're back to our two day, uh, two shows a week schedule this week. Next week, we will have one on Tuesday, then one on Friday again. With the holiday, we'll see. And then, uh, obviously, as we move forward, the NBA draft is also coming up this weekend, so we'll talk about that in the second half of the sh- or in the second half of the show as well. Um, and at some point, I want to get to the to the Greg to the Greg Marshall stuff with Mike um, because I find it really disturbing that a guy has paid seven and a half million dollars to go away when um, he's been accused of physical and verbal assault, basically, on his players. But uh, you know, welcome to college athletics in twenty twenty. So. Uh, glad you could join us. Hope everybody is staying safe. Obviously, there's new restrictions in Philadelphia and in Pennsylvania. Um, we're obviously getting to the holiday, so you know, hopefully, everybody is is heeding the precautions of wearing masks and staying socially distant and everything uh, as we move forward, uh, going forward. So, um. You know, obviously, it's been a tough year, and um, you know, I, I, I'm a big fan actually of, the, of last week tonight with John Oliver, and John Oliver has a tradition. His last show of the year was Sunday night, and he has a tradition of just blowing stuff up at the end of the year as a symbol of you know breaking everything down. And he did that this week, and I, I found it cathartic 
because I think all of us are at that point where we just want to see this year end. And so uh, still got some time. Let's all get through it together. We did through March through June. We can do it now through this uh, time, at least through the holidays. But when we come back, it'll be less Bowen. Uh, and we'll discuss the three, five, and one Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, first place, but barely. And certainly not the best team in this division at this point. Les will join us. We'll be back on Working the Beat right after this. <laughs> It's certainly never dull with the football team in this town, even if the product on the field is dull at this point. Uh, they're 3-5-1, and one, heading to Cleveland, five straight games against playoff-caliber teams at this uh, going into this stretch, and yet still probably favored to win the NFC East, at least on paper. And joining us now to discuss all this, to discuss the quarterback, the head coach, the GM, and everything else that's wrong with the franchise from the Inquirer slash Daily News to make Mr. Kern happy. It's Les Bowen. Mm-hmm. Les, how are you? I'm great, guys. How are you? I'm doing great. Michael? Les Bowen will always be a Daily News person, <laughs> but it is the Inquirer. And I understand that, and that's, that's perfectly fine. I have to issue the disclaimer every no, time. No, you're right. It's like it's like Comcast Sportsnet. Yeah. It'll always be Comcast that's Sportsnet. Exactly. To me. That's a very good analogy, Mike. I'm yes. going gonna to start less with a curveball here. I'm going to ask him a Flyers question. What did you think of the reverse retro jerseys? Did you see them yesterday since you covered those teams? I did. I didn't get that. <laughs> yeah, they're not that different. No. Uh, I'll tell you a secret that's probably going to get me banned from Flyer land forever. I've never liked black and orange as a color scheme. I think it's kind of dull. It look, Eric Lindros once said, we look like Halloween every day. Uh, <laughs> That's fair. I, I, I wish there was another color in there, like silver, that they could make like a base out of or something. You know, I, They tried I, silver for a bit as like a, a trim. Remember yeah. on the one black jersey, it was ugly. Yeah, so. I kind of like the black jerseys, but... That was a fad that everybody went through was black jerseys, you know. Yeah. I think when they founded the franchise in 1966 or 7, it was orange was like a hot new color, you know. You had the Bengals around the same time, and that was considered like teal was, you know, a few years later. But, I, you know, it's, it's history and it's tradition, but – Whatever they do to those jerseys, they all look kind of the same to me. They do. And it's fu- it's funny. You see some of the others and you're like, oh, man, this isn't really yeah. a good look. Yeah. But, all right. Like but- the Vancouver Canucks decided, you know, brown and yellow? No, we're going to do something totally Blue different. and green, yeah, which reflects Vancouver, which made sense. Yes. Um. All right. Where is this football team right now? I mean, they were so lifeless on Sunday. Yeah. And they're heading into this stretch of the schedule that you just don't see a way they pull out of it with, you know, any kind of, of hope. Um, 
and they've been better past Thanksgiving under Doug, but mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I don't think he could pull if he pulls out of this one. If they pull out of this one, this is his best accomplishment, and I don't see it happening. Well, what do you mean pull out, Kevin? Define pull out. Okay, let's say go three and two in the next five, and somehow end up winning the division with be five, be eight, eight, seven, and one. So that's going to make you feel better than if they win the division at six or seven wins. Uh, I have no idea. Less. <laughs> oh, if they win three of these next five, they're going to win the division. I think they're they're a good team if that happens. I mean, if you yeah. look at the teams they're playing, uh, that would mean they got some people back and got some stuff together. They're not going to stumble past three of these teams like they stumbled past the Giants, you know, last month or the Cowboys. You know, they're going to have to play really good football to win three of these, which I don't think will happen, but. Yeah, I'd feel a lot better. I think they were probably on the road to be a contender that maybe Wentz had things, fig- things figured out. I mean, it all depends. If they somehow won three games two to nothing on safeties, I, I guess I wouldn't feel that. But, you know, uh, you're right, Kevin. If, if Doug can do this, this will be the most amazing thing he's done other than winning the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. I don't think they have – uh, it, it, there's a lot of things they don't have. They don't, I don't know what they've done to Wentz, but he clearly isn't, lacks conviction in what he's trying to do, I think, uh, is kind of exasperated and is second guessing himself, in my view. Uh, his offensive line is never the same two games in a row, and there's always something different wrong. Uh, his receivers, he hasn't had a lot of time with, and I think he's a guy that kind of needs that. He wants to trust these guys. He just doesn't want to throw balls up there for, oh, maybe they'll catch it, you know, which is actually what he's done in some of these games and with disastrous results. Uh, and I don't think that's going to, I don't think they're going to develop chemistry during the season. Uh, I think he needs a full off season with guys like Jalen Rieger and a training camp and, and all that stuff. Uh, and defensively, I mean, even if the offense were to get reasonably straightened out, the defense is, is soft. It mm-hmm. sort of, you know, Schwartz is smart and he's able, like in the second half of that Giants game, he was able to sort of stop the bleeding but he has no linebackers. Uh, he ha- he, they're paying a lot of money to a defensive line that gets pass rush pressure but doesn't really dominate anybody. And the defensive backfield is kind of a mess after you get past Darius Slay and maybe Rodney McLeod, who's, who's okay. Uh, it's, it's just not a good uh, – special teams aren't very good. They got severely outplayed there Sunday at – at MetLife Stadium, it's it's just not a real good team. The talent of isn't overwhelming, uh, and they're not coming together in any. You know, sometimes if the talent isn't very good, you get guys who can sort of sort it out and and find ways to win and be pretty good. But they don't even have that. Well, Les, I guess the question is: Is that for the head coach, the GM, all the above, or or is it just? This is what happens in the NFL that you sometimes yeah. just dip this much in three years, which is it's well, a three-year thing too. It's not just yeah. Oh yeah, that's that's very true. And I think I will say that 
when we got into the off season after last season, they were sort of sounding warning alarms in a very sort of quiet way. They talked about retooling instead of rebuilding. And it was kind of clear between the lines that they didn't expect to win the Super Bowl. You know, this is the first year since the Super Bowl that they really haven't gone into the offseason thinking, if we could do this and we could do that, we'll be right back there. You know, I think they – I picked them to go 8-8 eight and eight this year. Uh, I don't – obviously, they. I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll be worse than that. But uh, the they haven't drafted well enough. They had – Around the time of the, well, they had the whole Chip Kelly era where they right. didn't draft very well. Then they made the Wentz trade, which depleted some draft resources and made other trades to win that Super Bowl that mm -hmm. further depleted draft resources. And they got into a thing for like three years in a row where they didn't have many picks and they really had to hit on those picks. And they didn't hit on those picks. No. So they have a crappy team. I mean, that it's almost that simple. I mean, you can't. There is free agency in football, but it's not like baseball where you can just go out and buy a team, you know. And uh, and especially when you're looking at a $70 million salary cap you know, yes, deficit yeah, for you next know, year. That's the other thing. They During the chip years, the cap got away from them a little bit. And then when they brought together the Super Bowl team, they paid a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Thinking that, okay, the cap is going to keep going up and up and – we'll be able to get out of this. We can restructure deals. We can cut some older guys. You know, we'll be okay. We'll have plenty of, of operating room. And they were looking at, there's supposed to be new contracts coming up next year mm -hmm. with the networks that could boost it in a normal situation, bump the cap way up. Yeah. But that's not going to happen because of the pandemic. In fact, the, the cap is going to go down and they're in the worst situation in the league, literally. So, you know, I mean, yeah, they've – It basically it's Howie. Some of it is just fate because of the pandemic. And some of it is Doug. I don't think their offense takes advantage of, of everything that it could. Uh, Dan Orlovsky noted uh, Sunday that they got Wentz out of the pocket twice in the third quarter uh, for the first time in the game and got big gains out of both plays and then didn't do it again. Yeah. And, of course, all fans know that the running game, you know, it was working beautifully Sunday until the fourth quarter when they tried three runs and gained three yards, you know, in the fourth quarter. Averaging seven yards a carry, they tried three runs in the fourth quarter. I, you know, I mean, it's – yeah, there's, there's a lot of blame to go around. But I think uh, if I had to pick – I would say more Howie – and some Doug, yeah. and some Carson, who has let things rattle him and get him off his game and get him, you know, he needs to be better in his fifth season, mm -hmm. regardless of what's going on around him. Uh, and I think they could be well on their way to screwing him up. Mike? Yeah, Les, I, I got two things I want to ask you about. One's probably trivial, so to speak, but the other one. Can you please explain why Doug – and his uh, analyst guy are the only two people in the world that thought going for two when it could have been 21-18 made sense. Because I've yeah. tried to figure this out. Other people have tried to figure this out. 
The only thing I can figure out is if you get the two, then you can win the game on a field goal if there's no more points scored. But you're discounting the idea that if you miss it, now you're down four and can't – Does anybody that's down there with you – I know you don't see these guys in person anymore, but – or is it it just – because Doug just says it with such conviction. Well, my guy told me to here's the chance of winning by – I saw a tweet from ESPN Stats that said that the chances of winning weren't appreciably different either way okay. in that situation. Right. I don't really – if I were a coach, I might – since they moved the go-for-two line to the two-yard line, I might go for two a lot of times just because mm-hmm. you only have to hit on half of them to right. have the same number of points. Right. Sure. I mean, that used to be – you know, nobody ever did it unless they were trailing in the fourth quarter by more than a touchdown, you know. Mm-hmm. And Rich Hoffman used to say, you know, don't start doing the calculations about how many points you're down too early because the game right. changed several times. Mm-hmm. But And I didn't have a big problem with him going for it, the one that got him to 14-11. I don't necessarily yeah. say that's the right move. Yeah, but that I is the right move, yeah. But I, I don't know. I mean, it ended up not really mattering. But – right. Uh, I, this is kind of an analytics thing that I don't really follow it that much, but if ESPN stats says this chance of winning was the same, I don't really care. But, that Doug, but Doug's, when he answered the question after the game, he said he, he was told it was appreciably better or, yeah, or significantly better. I don't better. think that's true. Right. I, I think me, about the this, same either way was what okay. I saw. But uh, this is your head coach that's supposed to be thinking on his feet. Yeah. And I know he's taking chances in the past, and when they work, we all say, hey, that's great, Doug. Right. But I'm just saying, in that situation, you you just scored for the second time, and, and you know, okay, you're going to be within three. I don't know. It just seemed yeah. to me like it was – Well, there's a similar work, argument that, around uh, whether you should go for it on fourth down around midfield. Right. Now, yeah, nobody okay. used to do that. It used to be always pin them, you know, get right. the coffin corner – Hunt, make them start from their two. That was always considered a big win, you know, if you did mm-hmm. that. Now, no, almost nobody does that. Everybody goes for it. And uh, we ran into that with Doug his first year in 2016 when they weren't that good. And he did that a couple times at Dallas, and it helped them lose the game. We were all over him, you know, about that. And he had a good point then. It was that that was the kind of team he wanted to be, and you can't make people, you know, think aggressively if you don't do sure, sure things. And then the next year, the Super Bowl year, they did it to fantastic success because they right. had the horses. Mm-hmm. You know, they could convert fourth downs, and they did over and over. And it was like automatic, you know, especially fourth and one. It was like money in the bank. But as your talent declines, you know, I think they are now five of 16 or five of 17 on fourth mm-hmm. down this season. <laughs> you know, Worse I mean, than the league, I believe. And the play they called on the two-point conversion didn't – was it was a mess, yeah. 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 But the fourth down thing, the uh, – let's see, the five – they were one for, I think, three in this game. And, oh, I know what I want to say. In the Dallas game, if you watch that, Dallas had was trying to play that Ben DiNucci guy at quarterback. Mm-hmm. Could not drive the length of the field to save their lives. I mean, it just wasn't going to happen. They could have put you or I out there on defense. And Doug went forward at midfield. And yeah. Doug gave them six of their nine points by going forward yeah. on fourth down. Yeah. yeah, and Kevin texted me as soon as it happened. Kevin texted me and said, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, it's it, – you just have to – I say I feel the same way about baseball analytics 
you know, it, it, it isn't a great move to bring in a left-hander if you don't have a left-hander who's any good, right. you know, <laughs> yeah. I, the, the numbers don't account for that. And I think it's the same way with like two point conversions or fourth down conversions. It, it makes sense. Yes. Yeah, statistically, if you have the people right. to accomplish what you're trying to right. do, if you right. don't, it just makes things worse. Okay. And, and here's the other thing I want to ask you Les. What is the plan with Jalen Hurts? I mean, and I understand New Orleans d- does it with Taysom Hill, and, and I, I get it. They made it work. Um, that guy's a pretty good offensive mind, I would think. But it just seems like the whole world knows what they're going to do when Jalen yeah. comes in. They've only let him throw twice, I believe. Yeah. And they don't get him out of the pocket either. I mean, right? is this a concern of yours that, you know, if you're yeah. going to bring this guy in, that what are we doing? Yes. Uh Here's what I think. I think they drafted Jalen Hurts. They 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 are they're always outsmarting themselves. Mm-hmm. They want they knew they had this salary cap crunch coming, and they're thinking, okay, with Wentz, there have been a lot of high profile injury situations, uh, even in the playoffs last year. Even though he went through the whole season without a scratch, he went down in the playoffs, and we had to play the backup. So we need a good backup. Well, we can, and we need a good backup cheap. So if we get a quarterback on a rookie contract, he'll be cheap for several years and we can develop him. And maybe we can even turn him into, you know, a high draft pick if somebody else wants him. Or God forbid, if Wentz somehow doesn't work out, then we've got his successor. And that's another one of those things that on paper, that all makes sense. Right. In practice, A, you needed talent with that second-round pick. You could have drafted Jeremy Chen, who was a Rookie of the Year candidate for Carolina at safety. You could have drafted another receiver. You could have done all kinds of things with that second-round pick. So now you've got Jalen Hurts, and he's a second-round pick, and it's up to Doug to find something to do with him. Uh, and, he, and Doug doesn't want to – put any wood on the fire of, you know, you should play Hertz instead of Wentz, which is why I think you see Carson lined up at wide receiver when Hertz is out there. Mm-hmm. Because if you take Carson off the field, it's like you're putting in Hertz For to good. replace Carson Wentz. Yeah. You know, every time. And so you you're, play, play, you're playing you know, 10 or like, 11. It's like they've benched Carson Wentz, you know. Yeah. yeah. So, I think he's trying to make the best of this he can, but I think he needs, like you said, he needs better plays for Jalen Hurts. They do need to throw the ball with Jalen Hurts, whether Wentz is on the field or not. And, uh, you know, these wildcat things, and and this has happened in New Orleans as well. There's a lot of people in the NFL that think Sean Payton's an idiot for putting Taysom Hill behind center when he's got Drew Brees, you know. I mean, uh, but – it, yeah, they, they need a better plan for that. They need to do things differently with that. I think they don't want to hurt Carson. You know, they don't want to make a controversy out of it. And if he has, if they do some things and Hurts really lights it up, that's only going to make it worse. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's it's a tough situation. And the way I would have avoided it is I would not have drafted. <laughs> which, which was ultimately the right move. Les Bowen joins us. Les, we're starting to hear the whispers 
I always love when the whispers come out on the national stage. Mm-hmm. Mike Silver had a, a whisper about the Eagles aren't happy with Wentz's practice habits. Yeah, they, 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 you know, the, 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 the rumors about, you know, there's a disconnect between Carson and Doug and, you know, even when you have something like what happened last week with the Favre situation that, you know, maybe, maybe Doug's telling Favre something that, about Wentz that leads to that opinion on Foles and, and all that. That's really poisonous for an organization. And it's yeah. a dangerous road. And you talked about Wentz's mindset and maybe having to get tougher and all that. But I also think the head coach, look, if you have a problem with it, you have a problem with the quarterback, just spill it. This back channel right. stuff is worse than just coming out and saying, our quarterback stinks right now. Right. And, and yeah. I don't know what, What's the end game here? Are they hoping the shake went up? Because if they're hoping it, it's not working. I don't know. That was one of the theories about. We we're just talking about Jalen Hurts. That was one of the theories uh, when the when they did draft that, was that they right. wanted somehow to shake went up, which I thought was insane. Yet you don't pay a guy one hundred twenty eight million dollars. You know the Phillies aren't going to bring in somebody to shake Bryce Harper up. You know, you know I mean <laughs> that's. <laughs> No, they'll uh, let somebody else go to shake Bryce Harper up, but that's a whole different story with the yeah, catcher. Yeah, but I, I don't. First of all, this practice habits thing, I, I'm very leery of that. I don't want to carry too much water for Carson. He's not having a good year. He's not playing well. I'm disappointed. But what I have always heard is that he's a very meticulous person. And they, if you'll remember back a few years ago when the story was that everybody loved Nick Foles and hated Carson, supposedly, it was that Carson was just too exacting and too, you know, that Nick was a, a, an easier guy to play with. He didn't uh, correct guys' mistakes and stuff like that. Well, which is it? You know? mm-hmm. I mean, if suddenly as Carson has become this uh, sloppy, I don't know. I, I don't pay a lot of – you know, it, every time a team loses, stuff like this comes up. Sometimes it's valid. Sometimes it isn't. I don't know yet what's valid and what isn't in this situation. I, I just think, you know, it, it's not anybody that I think is real close to the team that's saying these things. And the, the way the NFL works, agents go around gossiping here and there. You know, they hear something from a player they represent who says it to somebody else. And I, I don't – it, unless there's a direct connection with an Eagles coach here, which I don't believe there is, I'm not going to spend a lot of sleepless nights on that one. But where the whole thing, you talk about a disconnect with Doug and Carson. What you can't deny is that the same things keep happening and Carson keeps saying the same things about them. And that's something's not happening here. Something's yeah. not getting corrected. You know, there, there's definitely some sort of issue here with the way he's being coached, whether it's Press Taylor, whether it's having all these consultants that they brought in, whether it's Doug, I don't know, whether it's Carson, you know. Uh, you can't have the guy every week come out and, and give you the same answers and pledge to do better, and then the next week is more of the same. Uh, Les Bowen joining us. You mentioned, we mentioned earlier about Jeff Lurie, or, you know, we talked about the organizational issues, actually. Mm-hmm. And 
at some point this falls in Jeff Lurie's lap, doesn't it? I mean, even if you go and win a division at 6-9-1, and one, Jeff Lurie can't look at that and go, well, boys, you hunt a banner up in the, in the stands yeah. and that's all that matters to me. You made the playoffs and all Jeff's got to take a deep look at his organization, doesn't he? What if it's eight, it's a, seven, and one, Kevin? Well, that's I'm not even sure it makes that big a difference. But if you're six, nine, okay, and no, one, I'm it's different. Yeah, no, I'm with you, but I'm just saying, you know. But but I, I'm I guess the question I'm asking is, how much do you think Jeff is going to look around? I mean, you've covered the team long enough, and Jeff doesn't make himself, yeah, you know, easily accessible. But we all have a, he does have some fingerprints on a lot of stuff here. Yeah. That is tough because this is an owner. This isn't like John Middleton or, uh, you know, Josh Harris, who, you know, you hear a lot from. Jeff talks once or twice a year. Um, and you can get the wrong idea. Jeff doesn't always tell you the truth either. I, I'll always remember that the year Chip Kelly got fired, the only time we heard from Jeff Lurie was right before the season when he talked on the practice field at Novacare mm-hmm. and he gave a stirring endorsement of Chip Kelly's leadership and that Chip was just the perfect guy for this situation and the team was going to be great and everything, you know, that he couldn't be more behind Chip. And we later learned that even by then, Chip had rubbed people the wrong way and Lurie knew that. Mm-hmm. And he just came out and gave, you know, he didn't, he didn't have any problem with, just giving us a totally 180 degree wrong picture of the situation. Right. And we, we tried, you know, as the season went bad, the, the Nadir was uh, a horrible loss at Detroit on Thanksgiving day. Mm-hmm. And I remember going with Tim McManus and walking around some corridors in the Lions stadium, trying to find Jeff Lurie, you know, to see if he would, you know, even no comment as, or something, you know, right. and you couldn't find the guy. I mean, he literally wasn't in a public space to be found. We walked out to the bus, you know, I mean, and so a couple of weeks later, he fires Chip Kelly. Right. And it's just so frustrating. It, when you find out things later that, well, Jeff felt this way and Jeff felt that way. Well, Nobody knows what Jeff feels right now. I I think Doug is probably in bigger trouble than Howie because I really think the relationship between Howie and Jeff Lurie is incredibly close. Uh, Jeff did allow Chip Kelly to get him to demote Howie, which was incredibly humiliating for Roseman, but he didn't fire him. Mm-hmm. He still had him right there in the building a year later, over in the equipment room. Yep, <laughs> wanted to get rid of uh, wanted to get rid of Chip, and you know, I, I I really think it'll take a lot for because I think Jeff is very involved in their philosophies, and he's the guy saying all along this makes sense to me. When Howie says, you know, we're going to emphasize speed this year, speed, speed, speed. Everybody right. has to be fast. So we're not going to draft Justin Jefferson. We're going to draft Jalen Rieger because speed, speed, speed. That's the only thing that matters now. You know, I Jeff is nodding his head. He can't claim a year later, boy, that was stupid. You know, I mean, well, uh, well, let me let me follow up. Is Doug in legitimate trouble here if they if they bomb out? Yes, 
I, I have to think he is, Kevin. I mean, every season since the Super Bowl has been a little bit worse than the one before. And you don't see around the league, you know, winning a Super Bowl. I mean, it was an, a, an incredible experience here, obviously, and it's an incredible experience everywhere. But because it was such a rare thing here, it's not like you get a lifetime exemption, you know, for doing that. Mm-hmm. Uh how long did Brian Billick last in Baltimore after they won? <laughs> Mike, the Mike mentioned that. Mike mentioned that earlier. Yeah, uh, it happens all the time. Guys, guys who aren't Bill Belichick win the Super Bowl and go somewhere else. You know, if if the team goes bad, uh, Harbaugh didn't win it, but he was very very close to winning one. Uh, you know that the team has to. You know, four years later, you can't which is what it'll be after this season, mm-hmm. you can't say, well, we won the Super Bowl. You know, I mean, if, if it's clear, I think the thing Doug has going for him is that if, if Lurie's going around the locker room asking players, I don't think anybody's going to, you know, say anything bad about Doug. I think he has the players' attention and their uh, respect, loyalty. But if you watch the games, it's not good. And unless it gets better – I don't see how they don't look at the possibility of doing something. Sometimes it depends on who's available, yeah. you know. Um, Theo Epstein's available. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Mike. But, you know, Jeff's the kind of guy that gets enamored of, you know, if there's a hot commodity out there with snappy ideas and catchphrases and, and uh, new age thinking, you know, Jeff's, Jeff's going to be all over that at some point. Who's the next Cliff Kings? Cliff Kingsbury might be, might be. Yeah, that's a good name. Our, uh, Eric Bieniemy. Uh, I was the, just going to say know, that. Who would be? He was kind of in the same position Doug was in when they hired Doug. It'd be Andy's recommendation. Uh, you know that, but uh, yeah, if this season turns into you know four, uh, four eleven and one, four eleven and one. There we go. Counting to sixteen in my head, yeah, four eleven and one or some awful crap like that, then uh, I'd I'd be surprised if they just tried to they'd at least make him hire an offensive coordinator who has no connection to him whatsoever. And at that point, you know, is Doug really in charge? Well, well, that <laughs> was that's what his he, Doug does nothing with the defense. Well, you know, people ask questions of Doug about the defense in these press conferences, and I'm like, oh. yeah. Because Doug doesn't even know those guys' names. I mean, it's, you know. Well, I was going to ask, who has more job security, him or Jim Schwartz right now? Oh, I don't think either of them. You know, if they change head coaches. Well, they're going to change change both, right. But I think the the biggest thing Schwartz has going for him right now is that the offense has fewer excuses and is more of a mess than the defense. Defense. You know. Yeah. Mike? Les, there are those who espouse the theory. Uh, I guess this goes back to what you were just talking about. that Doug and Carson are just not a marriage that's going to work. Doug wants a quarterback to play one way, more like Nick Foles played, you know, to get back, get rid of the ball, this, that. Carson's kind of the, I got to get out of the pocket, I want to throw a D, you know, whatever. If Doug was gone, let's say that's the decision they make. Mm-hmm. Or if Carson's gone and goes somewhere else, do you think Carson under a different guy could become, and I'm not saying the Carson of the, the you know, the MVP yeah. Carson, but something a lot closer to that than what it is now. Or is Carson, do you think, just shot? 
You know, I would think he would do very well under the right offensive mind. I think he's still very, very talented. You see throws in every game, even that game Sunday. A couple of those throws he made were just outstanding. I think in the right system, uh, given, you know, I mean, I can't be sure of this, but my tendency would be to bet on him more than Doug. I haven't seen much out of Doug since the Super Bowl season, frankly, that really – other than the fact that he gets the locker room together and rallies them like when they're five and seven last year and they win four straight, which Carson had a lot to do with, uh, you know, other than Doug being able to rally the players, I haven't seen anything real remarkable from him since 2017. So, you know, I'd be, I'd be inclined to bet on Carson, but I might be wrong. Okay. Fair enough. Uh, Less Bowen. From the Inquirer and uh, covered the Eagles for a long time, covered the Flyers for a bit. Uh, and I'm old as dirt. I didn't say that. We all are. We Les. all are. Kevin, uh, well, Kevin isn't. We are. in there. Um, Wes, I appreciate it. Thanks for uh, jumping on with us. And hey, uh, hopefully you see well, something. Good to talk to you guys. I really miss talking to you both of you. I miss talking to anybody. I miss talking. Yeah. <laughs> all I talk to now are the walls. I mean, yeah, well, I know, it's in this kids. age, we're all kind of like that. I mean, yeah. I only see the other Eagles writers on Zoom, and some of them come to the home games. Very few travel. We are traveling at the Inquirer, which I have very mixed feelings about. I, you know, they don't make me do it, but mm-hmm. I feel like I should do it, right? And the gamer that I should be there, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what has covered an NFL team? this year been like because NFL press boxes are cheek the jowl usually. Yeah, it's been horrible. Uh not just I'm not talking about the press box. The press boxes actually have been better because you have room. Yeah. You know, you can spread all your stuff out and you know, but covering the team, I have very little idea of what's really going on inside this team because I only talk to guys on Zooms. And you can you might have a few phone numbers of guys you can text them or something, but I, I don't even think we're in an era. Maybe I, maybe it's just me, but where you like talk to players on the phone a lot, you know, when they're home, that, that was 15 years ago. You know, I mean, I don't think anybody really does that no. anymore. Uh, and texting with the guy isn't the same thing as going to his locker and saying, okay, you know, what's, what's happening here? Yeah. I, I, I won't quote you, but you know, what do you see? You know, uh, there's none of that. And there's no opportunity. I've never met Travis Fulcom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know anything about this guy. I, I see him on, on Zoom calls, and I see him on the field on Sunday. What? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's the most bizarre I, experience. I, I think the, the, Eagles might, the Eagles might be lucky this year that you guys aren't in the locker room. Yes. Because yes. that could have got kind of – now, they could make the argument that because of the pandemic, this is some of the situation they're in. Oh, but absolutely. I, I they make no bones about it. So, uh, another reporter asked to talk to Jalen Hurts last week, and their answer was basically, why would we do that? <laughs> well, yeah. well, and I think what people don't understand is, and this is all sports. This isn't just the NFL, although the NFL is the most controlling of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, this is going to be the new norm. I, I don't see them opening I the haven't. doors and letting everybody back in. If like that's they did. Well, I know the pro football writers are going to fight that really hard if it happens. I know baseball's too, but I, uh, I, I'm I'm going to be 65 in February. I'd like to go another year or two, but I, I'm glad I'm. You know, I don't. I would not spend 20 years working under these conditions. It's just not. It's not what I do well: uh, storytelling and 
you know, getting perspective and all that stuff. It's just totally, it's all hot takes and, uh, you know, trying to get clicks and I can't, yeah, that's not what and, I do. And you know what, Les, and I don't mean this as a criticism, but what you just said, it shows in the writing and I don't yeah. mean that you guys are doing a bad job. I don't mean that at all, but it's just, it's not as interesting no, but it's not yeah. your fault. It's not your fault. It's just that there's nothing and it's across that you the board. can make interesting. You We're know? all talking to the same people. Mm-hmm. Right. So the only recourse we have is to try to dig up obscure stats from all these different analytic sites and stuff. And, you know, that has its place, but it doesn't really make you stand out. Nobody says, well, I read a great stat in Les Bowen's piece yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, do, do me a favor. Just keep asking that question that kind of gets everybody, um, <laughs> whatever. Yeah. As, as long, less, I've always, as long as the question is fair, right? Then there should be no. And I've, I haven't heard you, and maybe I missed one or two, but the ones that you have asked that have kind of created controversy, for lack of a better word, I don't mean it that yeah. way, have not been anything wrong with them. No. I, I don't I, think so. I, I, I try to be so respectful. Either. I try to be polite, and I try not to be stupid. Sometimes I am, but. You know, I, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't understand the whole deal, but, uh, I think it's almost like when they go to, when they say, okay, next is less. And you can almost hear the air, like kind of coming out of the dog. I hate saying it. They also do it with McLean too. I mean, you could see, you could see Doug's face change when McLean. Doug Doug actually just, just gets really short and sarcastic with Jeff. He doesn't even, uh, Right. With me, it's more like he's bristling. With Jeff, it's often like he's just, uh, you know, I'm not going to answer you. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Did you see the game, Les? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did see the game. I did. That's, and why, that's why I'm why asking I you this question. question. Yes. Trust me, I didn't do it out of recreation. I did it because I was forced to. Les, yeah. I appreciate it, man. Thanks a lot. Thank Stay you, good, man. big boy. Hey, yeah. listen, if I don't, if we don't get you back, have a great holiday. Have a great holiday. As good as it can be under these circumstances. Yep. You guys as well. Take care. Thanks, Les. Les Bowen from the Inquirer. We'll be back on Work on the Beat right after this. Our thanks again to Les Bowen for joining us. That's hazardous duty pay right now. That beat. It doesn't sound... And I'm I'm going to speak for like the Sealskis of the world, the McLeans. Well, Sealskis a little different because he's a columnist. All right. I don't think they're having fun, and I don't think it's because the team is three, five, and one. I mean, nobody that covers you know we've covered winning teams and losing teams. Losing teams, it's more fun when they're winning. You know yeah, but mean? losing teams can also be fun in a different way. Yeah, when you the, have a ton of stuff to write, that's chaos. It can be fun as well. Yeah. That that line that Les had about you, you know if I was twenty years younger I don't think I could do this for a prolonged period and you know who, who knows I mean you hope by next year at some point it, it won't be like but like you've said maybe the NFL you know gets used to this and and limits I don't think they're going to ban the locker rooms but they may limit it more than they limit it now. Wow. Um, you know, and, and it, it's not as interesting because when those guys get in front of a Zoom camera, nobody says anything interesting. It's not their fault. That's just not how guys are wired when they're talking into a TV set. Um, um you know. The the most interesting thing I heard from Les, and I, look, Les is not one who, who is alarmist or anything. The head coach may be coaching for his job these next seven weeks. 
Well, I mean, I think we look. I'm of the belief, and I was of the belief that he would get next year. That because of the pandemic, because of the whatever, you, you, whatever, that was my now. I personally don't think it's going to bottom. I still think they're going to win the division because they are still like a minus 160 or something, and the Giants are like plus 300. And I still think they're going to probably get to like six wins. Now, what if they didn't? Would it shock? It's, it's like, would it shock me? No, because, you know, they've got three wins. Two of them came over teams with backup quarterbacks. One came on a pass at the end of the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've played four division games in the worst division in NFL history, and they've lost two of them. So, yeah. no, no. But I still think that they're going to win the division and get into the playoffs. Probably is the four seed, unless teams miss games and they have to go to an eight playoff. And and look, whether they win or lose that game, you're right, Kevin. The off season cannot be dictated by if you get in the playoffs, but. And I'm just speaking as a pure right. idiot here. But let's say they get in the playoffs and they win a game. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, they will you play know, Tampa right now. What should be pointed out? Okay. Just let's say they win that game. I don't think they will. But let you know. And then they go the next game. I guess would be against whoever the one seed is. Green Bay. Um. Uh, maybe. Right. And and you know maybe they go and they and they lose by a field goal. I, I don't know. I'm just throwing out a, a goofy scenario here, where then you would say, okay, hey, look, it was almost like last year. You know, hey, they won their last four games. After losing to the Dolphins, which we all thought at the time was an incredibly bad loss, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I just kind of think I think there will be changes. I think the D coordinator probably will be gone. I don't know if that's right or wrong. I think they're going to bring in an offensive coordinator. Who that would be, I don't know. Uh, but I, if you were asking me like right now, this minute, I got to bet is Doug back or not back? I'd bet he's back. But like you said. You know, if this thing falls apart and they finish, you know, four uh, eleven and one, and don't make the playoffs, then I think he, almost certainly he'd be gone. I'm looking at the Giants' schedule as we're talking yeah, here. Your schedule, by the way, you told me about Washington's schedule. Yeah. It's not as easy as you made it sound. Well, I'm just telling you, they read it today on the on the radio or something. I, I don't see like another four wins for the for the Washingtons. Well, no. No, but you said they were going to hit an easy part of their schedule at one well, point. Yeah, I'm trying to remember. I, I'm trying to remember their schedule. But here's the Giants' schedule. At the Bengals, right. they have a bye this week. Then at the Bengals. Yeah, that's, you know, uh, toss-up. Toss-up. At Seattle, which should be a loss. Should be. Arizona at home. Cleveland. Uh, they won't be favored. I no. mean, I, that doesn't mean they can't win. Cleveland at home. Uh, 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 you know, again, probably Same a toss-up. At Baltimore. Loss. And Dallas at home. Yeah. I mean, but but again, could they win three of those games? Sure. And right. that gets them to what? Five? Six. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not saying the Giants can't get to six. You know? And then I guess it would come down to division or whatever. I don't know. It, it, and it's, the Giants you look at, at Trenton. Giants have a good division record because they've beaten the Washingtons twice. Right. You look at the trend lines, and that's where I think – if you're an Eagle fan, you're seeing that the the Giants are 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 going up, and yeah, but don't make the Giants out. I understand where you're going, Kevin, right. but don't make the Giants out because they beat the Eagles and they've been playing a little better the last couple of weeks to be the Giants. I mean, they're still a three win team. It, 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 it's this division stinks. They have four 
How many teams in the NFL? 30 or 32? I always get 32. confused. 32. The, the, the NFC East has four of, like, let's say, the worst 10 teams in the league. Yep. By the way, you were not ask, even close. You were asking uh, Washington schedule. Bengals at home. That's uh, a, okay. Toss up. Thursday, they have a Thanksgiving game, obviously, at Dallas. That, that's, a, I guess, a toss up. Then at Pittsburgh, which is loss. a loss. Seattle on the road. They got three loss. straight on the road. Se- yeah. Seattle at home, loss probably. Carolina at home, probably. that's probably a win, and they could beat the Eagles the last week. Carolina, I think, is a toss. I mean, I think Carolina right this minute is a better team than Washington. Well, they yeah. got three wins. Washington's well, got two. Two, right. <laughs> I mean, it, now, it, and Carolina's probably played a harder schedule. What's Dallas's schedule, if I may ask? Uh, let me look at it. I will because nobody talks about Dallas at all. And by the way, the Dallas is getting their quarterback back this week. Well, or their backup quarterback. Who's that? Andy Dalton. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Um, He's back practicing and, and schedule. Okay. But the yeah. other guy played okay against the Steelers. He didn't play badly. No. Nope. As long as you're not playing the guy to play against the Eagles. Nope. All right. Dallas has Minnesota this week. Uh, where's that at? At Minnesota. That's probably a loss. All right. Washington at home. Toss up. All right. Give them a win. Just say. Okay, sure. At Baltimore. Nah. At Cincy. Toss up, but but they won't be favored. Right. San Fran at home. I'll give a toss up. It's a toss up. Eagles at home. Toss up. At the Giants. Well, like I said, they got three division games left. I mean... I mean, I, I put it this way. It wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility that the boys could get to six wins. Yeah. You know, six wins is probably going to win this division, division. which I didn't think was possible. I, I thought it would now, take I will say, seven. I will say for the Eagles' benefit, hold on here, that a couple of these games that you would have said about two weeks ago were surefire. Don't get carried away, Ke- Kevin. You no. do this all the time, Kevin. No, that were surefire L's. Are Kevin, Kevin, Go ahead. Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. First, you're, so you're going to tell me that now Breeze might not play. So, first of all, I I wasn't – the Eagles have shown, if nothing else, well, the, they can be in every game. Right. I mean, I mean, they can. They, they can be in every game uh, because they showed that against the, the Ravens and the Steelers – um, they, they don't blow anybody out. They don't get blown. I mean, the Rams beat them pretty good, but that was a close game to Wentz through the interception. And the other game you're going to tell me is um, that they, Cleveland has COVID issues, or well, Cleveland, Cleveland with their COVID issues, right? But Cleveland, they were only. They, I mean, they had a chance against Cleveland anyway. I don't think Cleveland right. is world beaters. I mean, I don't think they're going to beat Green Bay. I don't think they're going to beat. Well, yeah, um, I, I don't see them going to Green Arizona. Bay. Arizona, could they? Beat, I don't think could they? Could they force Seattle's hand a little bit here? Maybe. Uh, Seattle's yeah, defense is awful. Seattle's defense is awful. You're right. and But Seattle kills them whenever they play them. That's true. Um, but, I mean, yeah. Could the Eagles win two of these next five? Yeah. I'm not going to say they can't. Um, I don't think they're going to go 0-5. No. Which basically I, means you know, if you win two of the next five, I really oh, have... Well, I'm, unless you lose to Dallas and and right, if you lost to Dallas, Dallas and, and you lost Washington, to Washington, right? No, but if you beat Dallas, if you lost to Dallas and beat Washington, you'd have six wins also. Yeah, and you but could they have a tie, so they would win the division because yeah. they'd be six, nine and one instead of uh, 
six and ten. They're going to have to get the six wins. I think that's the but ultimate that line. Tie, that tie is probably going to wind up yeah. maybe winning them. them the division. But again, I don't care. I mean, I, I do I care because they're the Eagles and I would rather see them be playing a playoff game? Sure. I, I, I'm not – I don't – it's like the Phillies last week of the season. Did I care? Well, of course I cared. I wanted them to win a game or two or get – but at some point I didn't care. You know, because it didn't – it didn't make any difference to me. You, you you know, it's not unless maybe Carson over the last six weeks starts playing real. You know, last year we saw them in those last four games. Yep. They played better. I'm not saying they played great. They beat bad teams, but they played better. Um, but I, I mean, look, they're going to have they're going to have to make a lot of decisions in the offseason about a lot of things. And as you pointed out many times, the salary cap thing is something nobody talks about. Nope. But it might be the most daunting thing facing them when you really think about it because they're so far over the cap. They're, they're going to have some real tough decisions. And Les is right. They projected that the cap would explode because new TV deals. And look, the TV deals may still get done here. Yeah, Kevin, but there's still $70 million Right, over. but it's not going to explode Even, to the level they thought it was going to explode. Right. And again, signing Carson accelerated that, but that's what happens when your quarterback reaches year five. Um. Yeah, I, do I have the answers? No, I, I have. I, I don't know how you do this, but probably they're going to have to let go of some good pieces. Yeah. Um. I mean, Alshon obviously is gone. He, you know, he's whatever. Um. I think Ertz is gone. Um. Peters isn't back, but you know, I don't know how much money that all saves them there. Um. You know, how many of your defensive linemen might not be back? I don't think Darius Slay's going anywhere. No. Um, the kicker, maybe. Maybe, maybe you bring in a new kicker. Maybe Jalen Mills um, will be gone. Yeah, but I mean, that that all that does, it's like with the Phillies. <laughs> it leaves a lot of holes. Yeah, it does. You know, and then you got to fix those holes. Speaking of the Phillies, let's transition. But think about this, though, Kevin, before we transition. Their division is so bad <laughs> that they might not have to get a whole lot better because next year, the division, it might be an eight- but but what but what I would be scared about if I'm Jeff Lurie and where I think he has to look at the whole organization and not just that coach. Now I'm big on I'm big on that the GM is is gone away scot free here. And yeah, but he, let, I don't think he's gotten away scot free, but like Les said, there there's a relationship there. Well, that's, but you that's gotta smart. you gotta put you gotta put the good of your organization ahead of no, your you no, you, yeah, but but you don't. You're the owner. Well, he got rid of, then you're he got stuck rid of with him this. Once. Well, yeah, but but in his mind, like Jeffrey was saying, you know, the, the guy goes up to him and says, we're going to get fast, we're going to get fast. Yeah. And this guy won him a Super Bowl. However you want to slice it, dice it, whatever, vegematic it, he won Jeffrey Lurie a Super Bowl, the city's only championship since 1960, okay? And Jeffrey doesn't even recognize that. Um, so... Yes, is he is is their draft been screwy? Yes, um, uh, but I I I just can't see Howie being gone. That, that's just me. I, no, I but wrong. I think all right. Then you have to change the structure. Howie can remain, but you would have to make sure you got somebody who drafted better. Well, that's it. why they had that other guy here to with the Jets now, and they yeah, still didn't draft draft well. well. Uh, let me all right. But what I think you, you if I was Jeff Lurie, I would be alarmed by this. You know. The Giants, the Giants may have something here with Joe Judge. They may. 
Ron Rivera is a good head coach. Yeah, he and is. As long as Dan Snyder gets out of the way, then fine. You know, and Dallas does have a lot of talent. And, and if Prescott comes back and all that, you could easily be looking at the bottom of this division for a while if you don't make the right moves. I, I, I'm year. not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I'm just saying is next year, for the last three years, this division has stunk. Right. And I don't see next year, and I'm not saying the goal is to win the division. I mean, that's your first goal every year when you start out. Your first goal is to win the division because the division that gets you in the playoffs. That's the first goal. Right. Unless you're the, unless you're the Chiefs. You know, and then you're you're thinking whatever you're thinking. Or the Steelers, but, but okay. I or get the it. Steelers, right. But the first goal in everyone's mind, whether it's the Phillies, the Eagles, the Six, should be win, win the division. division. But especially in the NFL, because it's going to get some team in the playoffs this year with a sub-500 record. So, yes, but I don't think next year, I don't see the NFC East champion having more than, like, nine wins. I'm not saying the goal is to win nine games. Now, Two or three years from now, you're right. Maybe the, the Washington is better. Maybe Dak Prescott comes back. And, but, I mean, the Cowboys haven't been able to get out of their own way for no. a while. No. Um, and I'll believe it when I see it from the Giants because I'm still not sold. I think Daniel Jones is good. But you got. But is he better than good? Uh, and I'll believe that when I see that. Is Saquon Barkley going to come back from this injury? They're lying. They're still um, rotating linemen, like, all over the place. Which, hey, maybe that's a good thing. Maybe, maybe that's... And the, the one, the and the one way I could see and this. Alex Smith is like 36 years old, you know, so he ain't going to be around a whole lot longer. And the one way I could see them making a, a change this year with the head coach is saying, all right, we have to do this to save the quarterback because you, you can't move on from the quarterback because of the number, uh, because of the cap number. So we if have you to think tr- that if you think he's the reason the quarterback is the way he is, yeah, well, and and I think that's where they would probably go, and that's why it's the most likely scapegoat. But if you put a gun to my head right now, and I don't know what's going to happen in the last six or seven weeks of the season, I still think Doug's going to be back. But if it bottoms out, or if it's really bad, but then again, if you have Carson Wentz and he ends the season as the thirty-second rated quarterback in the NFL. And you're getting rid of your coach to improve what? Yeah. To make to make him the 23rd best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, at some point you have to look at the quarterback and say, "My God." Yeah, that's. And maybe, well, no, or maybe that's the time they go to Jalen Hurts. I don't notice, but if you're going to go to Jalen Hurts, is just my opinion. Now you better have a landing spot for Wentz. Then. No, no, no. You need a Kingsburg. Well, you, you can always figure that out if that's the way. But you need Doug can't coach Jalen Hurts. No. You need a guy like the Oklahoma coach. Um, you need, and I don't think the Oklahoma coach is going to do something like. But that's what you need. Like you need one of those bright college minds um, that we've, you know, yeah. I mean, if you go or, or, or Eric Bieniemy is the uh, is the other guy. Eric Bieniemy, right, the offensive coordinator not, with the but, Chiefs. But what I'm saying is, Riley's had three Heisman, tro- two Heisman Trophy winners, and all. What I'm saying is, Eric Bieniemy might be very good. I- I'm not doubting Eric Bieniemy at all. I would rather see Eric Bieniemy coach Carson Wentz. I would okay? too. But I'm saying if Jalen Hurts, if for whatever reason, Jalen Hurts is going to be your quarterback next year, and I don't, I'm not saying that's going to happen, for like you said, getting rid of the contract and all that. But if that was what was going to happen, I get on the phone with Lincoln Riley and say, dude, how much? what is it going to take yeah. to get you to be the coach of the Eagles? And when you see what's happening in Arizona right now, and I'm not saying the Eagles could duplicate that, 
But look, and everybody laughed when they made that. They they laughed and they laughed when they took because Kyler Kingsbury. Murray. Yeah, because Kingsbury got fired at Texas Tech, and he was right. But they didn't have to hire him. I no. mean, you know, they and and look what they surrounded him with. Yeah. They got an old Larry Fitzgerald, but he's still good. And they went out and got DeAndre Hopkins. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, so they're giving Kyler Murray and they're running an offense that's geared towards a Jalen Hurts. Yeah. That's ex- exactly, but I don't think any of that's going to happen. No. I, I, you're right. They'll probably have Carson next year. Well, because of the I, I tell you what, Kevin, let's say, Kevin, let's just say they win the division mm-hmm. with, a, with a bad record. And let's say they don't win a playoff game. They, they play, they lose, whatever. Do you want to come back next year with Carson and Doug? Well, that's kind of where I'm going. I, I even if you make the playoffs. well, no. I, but I'm saying, if, if, do you think Jeffrey? Do you think as an organization, you want to do that? Well, the only thing I could see is Jeffrey forcing Doug if he did return to get an offensive guy to get an offensive coordinator and a play caller. You think Frank Reich would come back? <laughs> oh no, no, he would. Um, well, what is D. Filippo doing now? By the way, I'm not. He's with the uh, Bears. Because a lot of people have have theorized, and I'm not look. God knows I'm not down there. So I get a lot of stuff off of listening to people like Ray Dittinger and people talk. They theorize that the quarterback coach is not really doing a good job. And, like, like everybody gives Reich a lot of the credit well, in 17. They talk, I'm not doubting. They talk but, about, uh, and sorry to interrupt, they talk about the idea of, well, they don't like Wentz's practice habits and everything. But yet they, they enable him with Press with press Taylor. Well, but the the – what they said about DeFilippo was that DeFilippo wasn't necessarily his friend. Right. Like DeFilippo. Same with Reich. He could play tough love. Yeah. And see, I don't think, see, when I look back in 17, I don't think they won. Like, like, I don't think Doug's a total idiot, stupid guy. Okay. You got to give Doug, but the thing that the three of them had together worked was perfect. You know, whatever Reich was whispering in his ear, whatever DeFilippo was doing with Carson and Mm -hmm. then with Nick, yeah. Um, when they had those two weeks off before the playoffs, and they said we got to fix this because the offense we got to gear, and it didn't work real well against the Falcons. But then we saw the next two games; it was like it was like numbing because they came up with an offense for Nick. Well, and they you know, adjusted so, on the fly. But the, but I'm saying that and that, and that, that seems to be Doug's major that. problem. That seems to right. be Doug's major problem. They're not adjusting. There's no adjustments here. But I don't think it was just like, but I guess what I'm trying to say is I don't think it was just that Frank Reich was a genius. No, I agree. Or the def- I, I think the three of them, for whatever reason, however they did it, um, you know, and I don't know what, you were down there with Charlie when Charlie was the manager. I mean, did Charlie have guys he relied on or, or was it sure. mostly a Charlie show or? No, he relied on, he relied on okay. Doobie. I mean. Okay, so they had, so he had guys, right? So. I just think that that threesome that they had, and look, you're not going to keep that together because Frank Reich's going to get an offer. I mean, that's the way the world works. Yeah. Um, and you might not be able to ever duplicate that again. Yeah. And then again, Carson's had two bad injuries since, since then. then. Um, but it's, I think if you're an Eagle fan and you're just, even if you bring in an offensive coordinator, even whatever you do, if you come back with Doug and Carson again and it starts off next year not real good, Man, I just think then you start looking at it and go, oh, man. Like, really? And then, you know, people are going to be calling for Jalen Hurts. Oh, yeah. They they won't do it this year. People won't call for Jalen this year, I don't think. Yeah. But next year they will. Um, All right, let's transition to the Phillies. We've done a lot on the Eagles here. What the Phillies do? Well, you can't hire anybody. There's a pain. Kevin, 
Nobody's going to come anywhere because there's a pandemic going on. And the Sixers, oh, the Sixers hired three guys? Oh, I'm sorry. Marlins hired a GM. Forget the Marlins. Forget the Marlins. A team in your town that you said nobody would want to relocate to has three guys relocating. Well, the news of the day is Theo Epstein. And Theo Epstein has stepped aside as president of the Cubs. Uh, You know, he broke the Cubs drought, obviously, in 2016. He was the GM behind the Red Sox winning the World Series twice in 04 and in 07. Um, The rationale is that Theo is going to take a year off and decide what he wants to do next. Hello, Theo. This is John Middleton. Um, I don't think you want to take a year off. (laughs) Well, and that's the question. You can't force somebody to just take your money. If you were John Middleton, would you make that call? Oh, you have to make the call. Or does Andy McPhail make the call? Well, I would not make Andy McPhail make any calls, but that's a whole different story. (laughs) I mean. Um, But if you were were John Middleton, I give you the power. You're John. Are are you saying to your your team right now or your, your inner circle, we need to call Theo and just see. Yeah. Like if he if he would be interested, uh, yeah, I would. Uh, there was talk. Joel Sherman reported today that one of the things Theo wants is an ownership stake. Um, wow, but that ain't, now, that ain't going to well. No, now, now. Oh, really? Pacula got a minor ownership stake. Okay. Uh, okay. Dave Montgomery Theo might not want. Theo might not. I mean, he's he's he may want a teams. larger ownership stake yeah. than he has well he's taken two teams to championships that haven't won championships in 100 years so he does i mean mcphail hasn't won one in 30 i mean you know and, and middleton still talks about him reverently yeah, could break the look, McPhail i'm not trying curse. to knock in i'm not trying to knock andy mcphail i don't think a whole lot of them but he did win world series or he was the so I said, i'll give him his credit even if it was a while ago you know and, and he was with the cubs in 2003 so um you know whatever um I mean, you tell me, is Theo is Theo that good, Kevin? Is let, he- well, let me let me. Well, obviously, you know, when you win World Series in, in different right. organizations, yeah. I mean, but is he the, is he a genius like that? I mean, is he that good? He's good, but I, I will warn people. Um, Theo has a history of uh, of cut and running. Um, when what do he, you mean? Well, let me let me give you an example. He left in 2011 from the Red Sox. And it was right, right around the time uh Francona got fired. Right. Uh they had the chicken gate stuff, remember where they were eating ch- yeah, the starting pit uh, the pitchers were in the back, it's this thing on the bench and Okay. Um they had the collapse that allowed the Rays to get in the playoffs and all that. Um and now he's kind of doing the same thing with the Cubs. Where the Cubs had their run and now he sees that it's going to take a rebuilding, and but the Red Sox did win in thirteen, right? Yeah, they they did, but they just massively. Ben Charrington came in and just totally okay, overturned okay. it. No, just, okay. And also, let me remind you, they had John Farrell as the manager in thirteen, but that in between year between Francona and right. they hired Bobby Valentine, which was a disaster. Right. Okay. See, I don't have any problem with a guy who's going to come in and. Maybe but, only stay six or seven or eight years if he wins me a World Series. I I I don't really care. But but I'm just I, wondering. But, but Mike, I think the the point I'm saying is, when he went to Chicago, Chicago had all those top draft picks. 
right? And Chicago had Bryant and they had Rizzo and they had, you know, they had money coming off for Lester and, and all that. Right. Um, and they went out and got the release. And they pitcher. went out. Yeah. And they went out and they, they, they did what they had to do for Chapman and all that. Right. And, and the Phillies aren't in that spot. And the, when he took over the Red Sox, the Red Sox had a deep farm system. The Red Sox had a right. lot of money. The Phillies uh, aren't yeah, in that I, spot. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, Kevin. I so, mean, so, the, my, so my point is, do you go and do you look at somebody like from the Tampa organization? Do you look at somebody from maybe the Dodgers organizations that? Yes, yeah, I, I, I hear you. I mean, I, I mean, my my Thea, thing is look Thea at anybody. is a warning. It's just a yeah. warning on Thea. That's all. My thing, my thing is look at anybody. Yeah. Um, I, you got to get somebody better is, than what you have now. Yes. But here's what I'm saying. You're either a good baseball man or you ain't. Either th- I don't want to hear that Theo Epstein walked into good situations, okay? Because they hadn't won in 100 years. So maybe he did walk into good situations. I'm not saying that. He's either a good baseball man or he's not. If you think he's that good, then I'm not saying you give up ownership if you don't want to do that. I mean, maybe the price is too high for him. Um, I agree with you. I would look at somebody definitely from Tampa. But again, I don't know who's responsible for Tampa. And I, mean, I would say know, the like, Dodgers, if you have somebody in the Dodger organization, sure. it, it's But worth, then again, the Dodgers got money coming at her yin-yang yeah, too. Yeah, but, but, but remember, the Dodgers spend their money to retain their own players yeah, in I a know. lot of cases. I, no, I, 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 I mean, they, they go and get bets, obviously. I but they're not it. the Yankees um, who just throw it at everybody to make up what is a farm right. system uh, deficit. I just want a good... Look, I don't expect the Phillies to win next year or the year after, regardless of who they hire. But I'm guessing that by 2023, you know, even if you have some success in the next couple of years, make the playoffs maybe or whatever, by 2023, I'm sure the right fielder would like this team to start the season as a team that can beat the Braves in the East and maybe, you know, get to a World Series or win a World Series. And to me, if you give a guy, if you bring in a, whoever the guy is that you mm-hmm. go out and get, if that's the, what you're going to do, that's all I'm asking of the guy. The that's thing, all I'm asking. The thing is that the Phillies can't wait around for Theo Epstein. Um, no, no, I agree with you. Um, like, like the worst case scenario for me, what would happen for the Phillies is if they allowed Epstein to have his year and went Ned Rice and McPhail this year. And then you get to the end of the rainbow next year and Theo goes to the Mets or Theo goes to take another example. Well, um, Theo probably ain't going to go. If he was going to go to Mets, he'd probably go now, right? Yeah, but I, I'm using that as an example. I, I know what you're saying. Back but, to Boston or, or, or yeah, whatever. But I mean, if, if he really wants to take the year off, I mean, there's two things you don't know. Does he really want to take a year off? Some guys do. Right. You know, some if, guys don't, some guys do. If you're John Middleton and you want Theo Epstein, you got to go get him now. And if he right. says but, no right now, you got to move on. Right. But what we don't know is how seriously the Phillies want somebody right now. That's a great question. So, you know, we're talking about going the well, whole year. This with, is where with, I'll give them some free PR advice. If you don't want Theo Epstein or you don't want a person right now, Throw a big bucket of cold water on this fire right now. Don't let it engulf you. Just say well, we're not interested. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I don't. And take know the minor PR hit now. If they're, if they really don't think they can win next year, okay, or that the pandemic's going to be 
so bad that, you know, whatever, whatever their feelings are towards next year, then maybe they just sit back and go, why are we going to hire somebody? You know, we'll just have this guy go. And if they, like you said, if they take a PR hit, they take a PR hit. Um, I, you know, because obviously getting Theo is going to cost a lot of money Yep. in a situation where they just said they don't have a lot of money. So it, it, it seems very contradictory. I think for a guy like Theo Epstein, you might make the contradiction, but like you, you've said, there might be some other really good people out there that you can get cheaper. Um, you know, what happened to the guy uh, from Kansas City that we heard his name? J.J. Picola? Yeah. yeah. I mean, isn't he a legitimate guy, too? I would say for GM, but not team president. Oh, 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 you, oh, you mean, oh, I got you. I got I'm you. I'm looking at team president. Okay. All right. So Theo would be McPhail. I got you. Right. I got you. All right. There, there, um, there, there was a report by Ken Rosenthal and Jason Stark today. I'm going to try to get Jason on, actually, in the next couple of weeks, probably after Thanksgiving. Um, and it was a comment on, on the, the appeal of the two jobs that are out there, which is the Mets and the Phillies. Um, this is one executive who has been interviewed for GM openings in the recent years. Quote, the Mets job is a jewel job right now. I don't think the Phillies job in the same way. One thing I think everyone understands is that in New York, you depend on Sandy uh, Alderson, who is the team president right now, to let you do your job right. It's a big job in a unique market. I look at Philadelphia as a great market, but it's not a great job right now. The exact reason that the Phillies are past the phase of rebuilding when they've had bottomed out and had five consecutive top 10 picks from 2014 to 2018, yet have gone nine seasons without their last playoff appearance. Their, their baseman, Alec Bohm, is their only surefire star on the rise, and the roster is top-heavy, leaving minimal payroll flexibility. Have some good players, the exec said, but I don't think they're that far ahead of where they were when they started the rebuilding. That's nothing we don't know. No, I mean, yeah, but I but mean, I yeah. think sometimes it's needed to give an outside opinion on what the no, what the situation I mean, look, is here. And and the other thing is, if you hire Theo, that's going to cost you money, and also he's going to want to bring a GM in, which is going to cost you more money. more money. So, but the bottom line to me has to be: if I'm the owner, what do I want my team to be? Mm-hmm. And, I, and look, I'm not saying John Middle can just goes out and writes blank checks. And says, here, I want to try to win a World Series and whenever. But what you just read is the sad state of this whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's almost like the Sixers. Before they went out and got Doc Rivers and Maury, you're sitting here going, my God, we've been rebuilding. The process has been going on for six or seven years, and we just lost. In the, we got swept in the first round of the playoffs as a sixth seed. And you're like, what did we do? So the Phillies are sitting there going, okay, we got Bryce. What did we do? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and you're right, when you – the Eagles and the Phillies are two examples of when you draft like crap. And, and the Phillies were even more egregious because they were drafting so high. Yeah. Although the baseball draft is probably a little bit more of a, you know a, – a, a But you also, have more, you also have more players that you can That's get true. Into. That's true. But when both teams have drafted poorly mm-hmm. for five or six years now, yep. that catches up with you. And you can't just go out and, you know, as much money as this new owner of the Mets have, you can't just go out and buy a team. No. You can't. No, it, you it's can. just, but that's kind of what the Phillies tried to do um, by getting Wheeler, by getting the catcher, by getting Harper, by getting the shortstop. Um, even McCutcheon was an investment. 
That's a lot of investment. And, and Robertson, they went out and got Robertson, who, you know, who went out. And out. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. The, the problem they have is now you have three guys in the prime of their career who are here in Harper and Wheeler, and you would throw Nola in, although I kind of still roll my eyes. You know, win a big September game, then I'll continue. Then I'll consider you a real top of the rotation guy. But okay, whatever. Um, well, Wheeler, too. Wheeler has a little better history than Noah on that. Not much. I mean, a little better, but, you know, he he had three starts at the end of the year, too, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just saying, I... Like, you if, you, if you... If you're top-heavy and you can't piece it together now, and one of them you have a no-trade clause with, with Harper, where, although I don't know how much it would take to to force him to, to waive it. Down I think it's way too early to be even... even Throwing that oh, out. But there. I don't know who would take his contract at this point. There's only a oh, few somebody, spots. That, oh, God. They give players massive contracts all the time. Yeah, but there's if only a get, few markets that can afford a contract like that. I understand that. But you, know, but, but if you get a player of Bryce Harper's pedigree for what will be a relatively reasonable price when you think about it. You know, um, you know who the Phillies are becoming? And this is a, a faraway analogy. I get it. They're, they're becoming the A-Rod Texas Rangers. They really are. Well, maybe. I mean, where you have one jewel player and a bunch of crap around it. Well, I'm telling you, there's a lot of people, and I'm not saying I'm just throwing this out there, that think Bryce Harper is not necessarily as elite as some people think. think. I think Bryce Harper is really good. I don't know. I mean, you know, did he finish high in the MVP voting this year? I mean, he wasn't in the did, top. I 10. mean, there was like, there was like a month there. We had a great month. Mm-hmm. He was carrying the team, but there's times when you look at Bryce Harper and you're like, okay, what am I getting for my, and I'm not saying it's his fault that he's getting more paid when he's getting paid. Um, that's just the, the reality of, of baseball life. And he's, but I mean, when you think of like, when you think of Mike Trout, you think of Mike Trout. Now look, yep. Mike Trout's a one a generate, but even some other guy, there are other players in the league that are just as good as Bryce Harper or better. Mm-hmm. That aren't making near what he's making. Nope. But I but I still think if you offered certain teams, I mean, look at what the Yankees gave Gene Car- Carlos Stanton. And I sat there when they gave well, it. Well, when that the Marlins like, the Marlins gave it and then they inherited the contract. But the Yankees inherited it. Yeah. So the Yankees are paying it. And I'm thinking, like, you gotta be kidding. This is yeah. before he got hurt and missed all these games. I'm like, you're gonna give Gene Carlos Stanton now. I know he hit 50 some home runs the one I, I get it. My God, I wouldn't pay that guy that much money. Yep. Especially when you had Judge and you had, you know, and we thought Gary Sanchez at the time. Well, and they may end up know, losing LeMahieu because of it this year. And LeMahieu was their best player the last couple of years. You got, you're right. And they, they, and I always thought before that Gregorius was their best player until yeah. he had the injuries. Let me, um, uh, let me trans, sure. let me transition quick because we're running a little bit out of time. Two, two minutes on the NBA draft. I mean, the Sixers are, Drafted in the mid twenties. There's a lot of talk about James Harden being traded to the Nets. Maybe to yeah, the Sixers would get involved. Sixers have to make a move here at some point. Uh, you know, don't they? What kind of move? I don't know, and that's the strange part because Drew Holiday's getting like five first round picks <laughs> traded for him. Basically, Dante uh, Divincenzo got traded. Right Look, draft picks or draft picks. I hate giving. You know, it, it, it's. I hate giving up draft picks, but they are draft picks. They're just potential. You don't know what they're, especially if they're 
the 20th pick in the first round, or even if they're the 10th pick in the first round, you know, mm-hmm. you know, um, crazy with the Sixers, even sometimes if they're the third pick in the first round, um, I don't think, I mean, two holidays, like 31 years old yeah. and he's a very good player. He he's, I, I'm not knocking Drew Holiday, but my God, you see, and the Bucks are taking steps, obviously, to try to make their team better to keep so that Giannis will stay there. Um, the Nets, I mean, you know, if they get hardened with, with Dan Tony's up there helping, uh, what's his name, Nash coach. Yeah. I th- see. I think personally that'll be a three ring circus. I do too. But that's me. But I mean, like, if you could trade, I'm just going to throw this out there. If you trade Harden for Simmons right now for the next two, three years, does it make the Sixers, does it put the Sixers closer to winning the championship? I would have to say yes. Yeah, I would too. Because it's a guy who scores 35 points a game. At some point, if we're having this conversation five years from now and James Harden's making $50 million and he ain't that guy anymore and Ben Simmons is a guy for some other team, but I don't know if you can think like that anymore because Joel Embiid, I mean, how much longer do we think Joel Embiid's going to play in the elite level? Three years, four years, five. I mean, his body's breaking down now. Yeah, it is. Um, So I don't know how much more you're going to get out of Joel Embiid being the Joel Embiid that you kind of need and hope he is. Um, but, like, if Houston came up to me tomorrow and said, Harden for, for Simmons, as much as I don't want to get rid of Ben Simmons, I would and I would it. love to see what the new coach can I, do with Ben Simmons. I would do it. And Embiid. Yep. But you have don't you have to do that? Mm-hmm. Because yeah, this window is shorter than everybody thinks. Right. But I think, and you know more he's going to make something. He's going to yeah. do something. And but that, is it going to be like that Josh Richardson move? Is it going to be or a blockbuster? Right. I mean, yeah. I, that, I mean, do, do you think they're going to draft somebody, or do you think they're going to trade it? Or I think I mean, they'll trade it. I think they'll do some sort of a trade. I mean, the one thing we would all agree that they need shooter is shooters. They need shooters, and the one thing they don't need is Horford. Yeah, or at least the way we see the team. Maybe Doc sees it differently. You know, Doc might have a plan here. He might have a plan for Horford that really works. He could. Um, but they need a couple guys who can bang down, you know, like JJ, like JJ used yep. to do. They they need a couple guys like that. And if and the scary part is if they get a couple guys like that, they're right there with everybody else. I I mean, I it, well, again, it depends on Simmons and Embiid, right. but you have to give the coach I'm giving the coach the benefit of the doubt that the coach can make this work. And if he can't make it work, then it ain't working. Nope. Let me move on to a couple. Ins- when is the draft, by the way, Kevin? Is it tomorrow night? Wow. Man, it kind of snuck up on me. Yeah, it did. Uh, okay. Let me let me flip it to uh, two college basketball items. One's minor. One's kind of existential. Or existential. Well, you know what. Transcendental? No. Existence. I don't know what an existence. I, I know question. what you mean. I know what you mean. I just don't know what you said. Uh, <laughs> it's one of them days. Um, uh, it's okay, man. It's a, every day like that is my day. So don't worry about it. Let's go with the first one, which is the minor item. The NCAA tournament's gonna be played if it's played. And it Oh, you think that's the minor? Okay. Yeah. Okay. All I in one spot. To, wait to hear the major. All in one spot. Yeah, well, you knew this was coming. They, 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 you can't hold an NCAA tournament the way they normally would hold an NCAA tournament. If we even get that far, right? You know, me and you were assuming we're going to get that far. 
Rick Pitino came out with something the other day. Did you see what Rick said? May, May Madness, yeah. It's not the worst. Now, look, I don't know how the TV networks think about that. I I, I don't. But it's well, not what the worst CBS, thing. What I, does CBS have in May? I mean. uh, They may have the player. No, the player's championship ain't on CBS. PGA um, is. The PGA. But, you know, yeah, the P, yeah, look, here's my only question with you about the NCAA tournament. Uh-huh. The tournament's three weeks, right? Okay, so you're going to take it to Indianapolis, and you're going to have it mostly in the big place, but you're going to have to use auxiliary places like Hinkle or whatever. Right, you go probably Butler. Uh, you know, do you do Butler and okay. you know, obviously the NBA arena would be used. Right. Okay, but what you're going to keep some teams out there for three weeks? I would think they would also go to a schedule maybe three games a week as opposed to two. Maybe shorten it to two weeks. Yeah, but that that but but the, I think they're going to try to keep the traditional, you know, Thursday, two, two, Thursday two. Saturday. Yeah, Thursday, Saturday, Friday, Sunday, and then you get three day, four days off, and then you play Thursday, so, yeah, whatever. I mean, I, um, I, I would think they would try to get out of the bubble as quick as they could, though. Well, most of the teams would. I mean, you know, if you start with sixty eight, I guess they wouldn't have those playing games. I'm just guessing. Maybe they would. I I don't know. You start with 68, by the end of the first week, you're down to 16. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be, but the four teams that make the final four would be there for three weeks. Now, I'm guessing those four teams won't care that they're there for three weeks. No. You know, they'll be fine. But I think the NCAA is actually making a lot of sense with this because yeah, it, it's, it's not a bad idea. It's not. No, and and the, the interesting thing is going to be, Kevin, is how, you know, if you, like the Big East, I'll just throw the Big East because I know that better. But I mean, you got the, all these guys. You know, how do you do a conference tournament? Um, I'm guessing a lot of fans aren't going to be there, if any fans at all. Yeah, or, like um, would it make would it make sense for the Big East to still use MSG and pay MSG rent? Well, where would they go? They take it to a central site. Well, MSG is a central site. Well, yeah. Okay, do you do it? If all you're worried about is television stuff. No, I think you're worried. Yeah, but I think you're worried about taking eight teams or ten teams or whatever and keeping them safe and letting them play games. That's fair. Yeah, you know. So, um, and, I mean, and if you're, and if, you're a ne- if you're a network, then you are likely just if you're an arena, you're just happy to get somebody in there to use it. I mean, it's- sure, but 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 I mean, it's not just the Big East. We're talking about the Pac-12. We're talking about the Big Ten. Yeah, you know, like the all Pac-12 these going the Pac-12 going to Vegas makes no sense at this point. Well. But how about even the little conferences? Oh yeah, you know, um, well, um, I think you would see one school end up being a host site at that point. Oh, so you mean like Villanova would host? Well, I'm not saying for the Big East, but I'm saying that type of a scenario for like, let's say the oh, A10. Oh, okay. Let's say the A10. I got you. If you're so the A10, like A10, do you A10 go? Would go to go to Dayton. Would you go to Dayton? Would you come to Philly? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't. I, I don't have those answers. I mean, because. You know, you got to go someplace that has enough hotels or whatever. Philly. Um, well, Philly would obviously fill, the, and then you got to go to a city that wants it. Hey, and I'll tell you what, if I'm Penn, I'm hoping that because I could offer the Palestra to be used because the Palestra won't be used this year. Yeah, But then again, Kevin, that's if you want the Palestra. You know, Penn might not want that. That's true. You, you know, we're just assuming the places want to host. Well, uh, if, there's, if the pandemic is still there in March... You know, Jim Kenny might not be too thrilled with with having it here. I, I'm, 
I'm just throwing it out there. I, I don't. I. But I, I get think it. the idea of the NCAA tournament going to Indianapolis makes sense. I think makes sense. Yes, I, I, I do. I agree with it. In fact, to to me, if I was college football, I would think of, I would have thought about doing that with the playoff. But you know, I guess they're set on doing what they're going to do. Let me get to the bigger story here. The bigger. I can't story. wait to hear the bigger story. Wow. Greg, Greg Marshall fired today by Wichita State. Yeah. That uh, did. Yeah, that was done deal. Paid seven and a half million dollars despite accusations of yeah. physical and verbal abuse. See, that's what's wrong with the world. When you got let go, well, you you might have got something, or I might have got something. Pay me seven million dollars after I did something abusive. To discredited let me go your great discredited the university. Isn't that in your contract that they it don't should? Have to it's a character you. flaw. Well, then you know what. Shame on Wichita State then, because that just shows me that Wichita State is Gutless. afraid that if they didn't give him anything, Gutless. yeah, he would go, I don't know, whatever he would do. This guy, obviously, because there was how many cases? There was like, there was a whole bunch of Multiple. cases, right? Yeah. And, and like this year, like eight kids transferred or something. Um, There's a lot of kids that left the program, and then they start talking when they got these, and look. Six years ago, this guy was on top of the world, right? Yeah. He, he took him to the to final, final four. four. Uh, beat LaSalle, right? Yep. The, yeah. Um, no, I think they look. Eight years ago. There, there's, there's too many of these stories. I mean, look, we saw it in Philadelphia. We saw it up at Holy Family. We, we and, and look, I knew the guy at Holy Family. I, I don't think that was what it was made out to be, but it happened. Okay. The guy at Rutgers. Mm-hmm. Okay. We saw it up there. Mike what Rice. happened? Yeah, I mean, coaches are nuts. And that's the problem is there's so much pressure on these guys to win. And that's how you're judged. We saw it. We see it every week in college football. We saw Dan Mullen lose his mind earlier this year. We saw the Iowa coach on Saturday call three timeouts. In the the final seconds of a game, he was winning 35-0 because the Minnesota coach called a timeout to try to score a touchdown to avert a shutout. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Guys, grow up. Put your big boy pants on. Just get off. So you won 35-7 instead of 35-0. Who cares? I feel sorry for the kids that got abused or whatever right. happened. Um, you know, and these, this, look, these kind of stories are going to pop up, Kevin, from time to time. And, the, and there's probably more that we don't hear about um, that get hushed up or get Swept and, and I think more smaller schools than bigger schools. And like I don't think this could happen at UCLA because I just don't think it could, or I don't well, think it would happen at Louisville or Kentucky because there's too much at stake. But at smaller schools, you know, where the coach maybe thinks it's going, you know, a Division two school, a Division three school, um, an NAIA, whatever, you know. And the coach, look, the coach has all the power over these. And kids. let's he has be and let's be honest, Greg Marshall's going to coach again. He's going to get somewhere. You think so? Rick Pitino, Rick Pitino got another job, Mike. Yeah, you're right. I, I guess. Hey, listen, can I end this? Because I, I am my at, grandson's calling me. Absolutely. Go take care of it. I'll, I'll talk you to you be, on Friday. You be good, brother. Thanks, man. And thanks to you for joining us here on Working the Beat. Had a lot of fun. Thanks to Les Bowen for joining us. Enjoy the rest of your week. We'll see you on Friday. This has been We're Gonna Be. Well, you went uptown riding in your limousine with your fine Park Avenue clothes. You 
your hand. 